What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Here on Alex Garrett Podcasting, it is one leg up once again. And I mentioned this is the Alex Garrett Podcast Network. And one of my colleagues and friends that support this network, I've wanted to have him on for a while now. He is the producer for Woke on the Salem News Channel. But more importantly, on his outside life, he's a award-winning directing screenwriter and, and director in the film world, Christian Caputo. Welcome, Mr. Award winner. Thanks for joining my podcast. Thank you for having me on the Alex Garrett Podcasting Network. You could also hear Will Cow live at 5 every day, Monday through Friday, uh, on the Salem News Channel. You can find it on Roku and all your other streaming services. That's a cheap plug right there. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, tell me about what you're doing, because you are an award-winning screenwriter and director, and I know you're looking for the triple crown of film, <laughs> but tell us where you're at right now and what awards you've won. So uh, I've been writing this script uh, since... Well, I've been writing for the last 10 years, but the character has an embryonic stage back to when I was a kid. Uh, grammar school, I used to write stories um, narratively, and I used to act them out with my friends. Every school year would be a season of a, of a, of, of the sh- quote-unquote show that I made up. And uh, the character just evolved from the end of grammar school, evolved into high school. And then I decided about 10 years ago to start writing this, and it was just on and off I would start writing and then COVID hit and since we were doing nothing for five five months in New York while everything was shut down I decided let me really sit down and write this so within that five month period I wrote a 10 episode pilot which got whittled down to eight episodes took a break from it started editing it showed it to a bunch of my friends last year when I started here I got some concept art done and then right in the middle of last year I decided let me see if I can get some awards and stuff so i put into some film festivals had to wait a while but back in i think october the first award i got which was out in california which was the uh la neo-noir novel film and script online festival which was an award winner and then back in december last month i got best fantasy screenplay for bridge fest well let me ask you about this because obviously uh you did all this editing as a screenwriter, right? How much editing does that take? I mean, you've got to sort of conceptualize this on screen as you're writing it, right? Well, there's always, uh, there's a saying, I don't know which director or screenwriter said this, but there's always the script that you visualize in your head, the script that you write down, the script that you edit, and then the script that you shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so editing-wise, it takes a while. Like, you could sit there and you can just stare at a screen, at a blank screen. And you storyboard it, right? Or... Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you storyboard it, especially in your head. Like, you have to storyboard it out and make sure different shots in your head. Because nine times out of ten, the screenwriter doesn't direct the film, but I like to write and direct my own stuff. Well, let me ask you about that, because I feel like screenwriters to this day, even though Hollywood's kind of changing to streaming, is it not? I mean, we're seeing that more so than maybe the theater sometimes, but there's always going to be the screenwriters that I don't want to say want to sell themselves off, but want to sell the script and get it made. But I don't feel like you're like that. I don't feel like you're going out and trying to sell the scripts you write, right? No, this script definitely this year my goal um, is to 
at least find someone to at least buy it in the sense of like, I want to come to like Netflix or Hulu or something to at least buy the script, to at least be able to sit there and be, I want to be showrunner. I want to be in charge of this. Not necessarily directed, but I want to be the guy that makes the decisions to hire the director, uh, be in charge of who's the casting. It sounds like this one is going to be like a project that you've been waiting on for a while, as you've been saying. So why does it mean so much? What what about the storyline impacts you that you want to take full throttle charge of this, if you will? Um, you know, there's, there's something, there's directors out there, They all writers tell you, number one, not to put yourself in the script. And of course, you know, no, uh, novelist Stephen King, he actually put himself Stephen King in in one of his stories, which is hilarious, but that's a side note there. But for me, it's just a personal. It's a personal character. The character's me, to not to a T, but it's it's what I always pictured myself to be if I was an actor, being like this big. It's not superhero, but it's like a superhero esque. Well, you're writing all of this, and and you're directing. You're taking risks because who knows if someone's going to pick this up. So what keeps you going every day to keep writing and to keep trying to make this out there more, if you will? Like what wakes you up every morning in that in the filmmaking world, if you will? Just a motivation that it's like, I know it's a great story. Um, I know that if someone would just give me a chance to do it, I think I can knock it out of the park. It's like Star Wars. It's like Star Wars. No one wanted Star Wars. And look how big it got. As you're dealing with the award-winning days, you have a lot of friends and family alongside you here and at home. So what's it mean to have that network of your own getting you through these award-winning days? Oh, you know, my, my family just supports supports me 100%. Uh, sometimes it doesn't come off like that, but, but you know, that's with every uh, filmmaker, media per- personality. You know, there's always that, really, you want to get into that? And, but there's no safety net. There's no backup. But my family's my biggest support. Friends, my friends just support me. They're always, I always sit them down and I go, no, you have to sit here. You have to listen to my crazy scripts and my stories. And they're just, they, they're, they're fun. Because just to see the look on their face, if there's something crazy or just like they like something, they, their eyes light up and you always sit there. You go, oh, that's working. I always find that the average screenwriter takes experiences in their own lives or things they see on an everyday basis. Are you that type too that like, oh my gosh, this is interesting what I just saw. Let me see how I can incorporate it into my script. Well, definitely um, there's something in, not the pilot script, but there's something in one of the later episodes that I wrote that was definitely impacted by COVID. Definitely I was like, well, we're all sitting here in quarantine. And there is like a quarantine type of scene in one of the scripts. And I was using that as the back as the backdrop of an episode well speaking of quarantine i don't know how much how many friends you have in the film world but a lot of actors were sort of cut down at the knees if you will they couldn't really do much of that acting that they love and they had to be homebound did you find that with your friends that were in that in that realm yeah, um, I had a whole bunch of actresses that I knew were just like, they were in the middle of shooting feature films or they were just in the middle of like close to getting their big break and it just got, their legs just got chopped. Um, I know for me, like definitely like I was on the verge of like getting getting a job so similar to this and it just got chopped right at, right at the knees. But I'm, you know what, everything happens for a reason. I'm glad I'm here too. Now do you podcast about this or are we hearing the first time from Christian Caputo, the award winner? No, this this is the first. This is the for you. You got, you got your your scoop right here, Alex, on the Alex Garrett 
podcasting network. But you obviously are on here also to say a message that, you know, sort of pick up the script. So what is your message to those that might be listening in the industry? Not that, not that, I don't know if they are, but if they are, what's your message? You know what? Just keep going. I mean, you know, a year ago when I when we were when you and I were sitting in master control, having a good time laughing, I had no clue a year later I'd be sitting here producing a live television show every day. Monday through Friday for a week. So, I mean, you just keep going. Never Don't don't take no for an answer. Just push. And I got to tell you, like, if you have a camera or if you have something, shoot anything, anything possible. You know, you have an IMDB, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm sure you're aware of that as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're on IMDB, I feel like you've kind of made it in the industry, haven't you? Oh, when I first got my first credit, I was just... I wasn't expecting it. I just looked up my name one day on like. And what was the credit? Tell us. Oh, it was for uh, my first film out of film school called Mind Vision, and it that was a two day shoot and hottest day of the year. And you weren't at the New York Film Academy. Which no, I went to the uh, I went to the Art Institute. Okay, that's a pretty reputable place too. So, did did you find that was competitive, or were you kind of all supporting each other? Uh, it depends on who you would talk to. Like there would, there's a lot. There was a lot of competitiveness in that school. But then at the same time, everyone realized you were competitive, but you had to support each other. Now I know that you. Uh, what would? I know that you have this triple crown that you want to get an award. Tell us that third ring, if you will. I would love to get a award-winning producer role because I have the award-winning filmmaker, I have the award-winning screenwriter, and I'm just like, if I could get that producer. That, that'd be a nice little... Uh... You know, when you're younger, you either know if you want to be in front of a camera or in front of a microphone or behind. I feel like you're more behind the scenes guy. So what made you... Did you ever want to be in front of the camera on microphone or was always behind the scenes for you? So, um, I, I, I love telling this story. Uh, so when I was four, I was sitting in the movie theater. I was watching my my earliest, to my to my knowledge, my earliest... Uh, movie experience was one of the Star Trek films. And I remember sitting there in movie theater, just being so enamored by the screen. And I remember asking my mom, like, how does this, at four, if you can believe it, at four, uh, asked my mom, how, how is this done? How is this made? And she's like, it's, it's a director. She was explaining it to me in like the simplest way. And I was like, that's what I want to do. It also helps that my uncle had a camera with him all the time. And if you look at all my home movies, even when I was a baby, crawling or just being a barely walking i was just always staring at that camera like there's something about the camera that just drew me to it and then i think you said that you have a video of you actually grabbing the camera yes. at one point yeah so. <laughs> yeah there's a video of me grabbing the camera and he gave me he gave me my first cam he gave me my first two cameras my uncle well it is kind of cool so so you like sort of not only directing but do you like the the videography do you ever do videography as well or sometimes sometimes i mean it's easier for me to tell someone direct than actually like but then sometimes I, I i have this thing where it's like i'm terrible at describing things sometimes so it's like sometimes it's easier for me to like show um but i i sometimes being behind i sometimes being behind the camera is difficult being in front of the camera is even more difficult because i'll forget lines and people will say to me but you wrote this i'd be like uh, yeah <laughs> well i forget what it is but you know they have those uh the I'm waiting for the little tam that those directors always wear. You know, those hats that they wear. Oh, I'm yeah. waiting for that. And your high director's chair. Where is that? I, I have a hat, and, and I want to get one of those eyepieces where... I forget, I forget what it's called. I, I have to look it up. But where you can actually, like... Sh- 
it, it's it's basically a a lens that you can you can look through the shot to see exactly like how you would f visualize the shot and you could show people i still have to get that well as a screenwriter you have to know the camera work as well right mm -hmm. i mean you have to do you specify okay shoot it at this angle shoot it at that angle like a storyboard almost normally normally that's not what a filmmaker or a screenwriter would do in a script because usually that's responsibility for the director and the and the uh cinematographer but if there is something really important in the script that you're trying to convey like a pov shot or something specific that has to draw the narrative forward then yeah you would definitely put a camera shot in there is it me or has streaming made uh sort of the art of screenwriting and and, and directing and filmmaking in general has it made it more accessible to people that may not have all the big funding like of a movie house if you will or a production house um, definitely. Um, for example, my friends over at Fuzz on the Lens, they helped out, uh, with Terrifier. And 10 years ago, I don't think Terrifier would be in the movie theater, but they got a big following on streaming and then they got into the movie theaters at a limited release. And then they, it became that one of the highest grossing independent films of last year. Wow. Yeah. See, I have to familiarize myself with that movie. But as we're talking about this, you know, you want to be on Netflix, Yahoo. So are you noticing the trends? Like, okay, well, Netflix has this kind of budget or for, for Netflix originals. Are you noticing those types of trends? Um, I think narratively right now, the theater experience is over produced by a lot of the superhero films so i think it's kind of hard for you to like get into the movies if you're not marvel or dc or any of the big uh studios like warner brothers and and lucas films uh streaming for me i think you're able to tell a narrative story uh whether it be a series a lot easier like this script that i that i wrote started out as a feature film and then i realized the story's too big and I figured it'd be a couple of films, but then I thought to myself, what if the first film doesn't do good? So I figured narratively tell the story in eight episodes would be a lot easier on a streaming service than it would be on in a theatrical experience. And I know that's changing too. I don't notice how many episodes are on TV anymore. I feel like they're trying to keep it going, but everybody's so di directed to Netflix and all these uh, and Apple TV now that the CBS specials or the NBC specials, they're not really being produced as much no oh yeah like 20 years ago or 10 even 10 years ago a season was 24 episodes and it would be you would you would do half a season you do like a month break which would probably be like december and then you do the rest of the season until june and then you take the summer off to shoot whatever you would have your sweeps week you would have all this other stuff now it's 10 episodes in and out and sometimes i know my parents go crazy they go it's 10 episodes and you forget exactly with the next season what happens well christian i will say this real quick i i am glad that i had you on today and also i would say that seinfeld would not have been as uh how do i say familial or everybody wouldn't have gathered around the television like they did if it were on streaming so that's how much the games changed yeah definitely like shows like that i know back in the 80s when like the big show was mash I know when that ended, that was like the highest grossing finale where like it literally stopped. Everyone didn't even go to the bathroom. That's a true story. <laughs> and then uh, you, had, um, you had the other big finale. Uh, well, not the finale, but Dallas, who shot JR. Those right. are big like landmark 
events that I don't think you could replicate today. Very rarely would you be able to replicate it today on stream. MASH. I mean, I know MASH, Mash. is also... Well, the big show now, I think, is it's like Stranger Things. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the show that's getting everyone. And then recently, for me, I was watching House of the Dragon, which is okay. basically the next big Game of Thrones show. Real quick, Knives Out's kind of made a big big splash now. Is that both TV and streaming? Or yeah. Not? Oh, it's a combination. Yeah. Now, especially during COVID, COVID was definitely... A lot of the movie theaters and studios were trying to get their movies to do simultaneous releases on streaming and theatrical. Everyone has an opinion about it. I think if you have a feature film, I think it should be, and it's specifically for a theatrical release, I think you should have a theatrical release depending on what the box office is. Favorite, because they do mention credit, but that's the other about screenwriting, is they're not always credited at the end of the movie. But yeah. famous uh, favorite screenwriter that you have or favorite style of writing that you've seen on the big screen that you want to emulate well definitely i was really influenced by george lucas i know it's a controversial statement to say <laughs> george lucas i think great f screenwriters like quinn tarantino um we'll be seeing a dance scene then like we'll be saying oh yeah no <laughs> my, my my whole script has feet that, that, that's the that's the big now um but definitely George Lucas was a big influence on me in terms of visual and narrative storytelling. And definitely behind the scenes with his shooting with miniatures. That's a big filmmaking goal of mine is to shoot with miniatures. Well, I want to have you back on. Yes. So what's your goal between now and our next podcast? Because whenever you get accomplished, um, right, next, tell me what. We'll get you after that next oh yeah. accomplishment. So. Right, right now we're working on an animatic for the script. And at that point, I have a pitch deck already. Sometime between this year, I want to get an entertainment lawyer or an agent to get this uh, script out there to be sold. Maybe June. Maybe. And and how much money are you investing in this right now out of your own personal? Because you're not being funded by anybody right now. Uh, it, it costs what it costs. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Well, I'm proud that you're making the strides you are. I mean, you made strides here at Salem, yeah, so I yeah. feel like it's up and up from here, right? So. Uh, yeah, it's all uphill. I mean, I don't like to settle. I like to achieve goals that I put in front of myself. And, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes. It took me It took me 10 years to get here at this point. So if it takes another 10 to uh, get the script out, it's... Uh, so well, I really appreciate you coming on today. We finally got this interview done. I know. Christian, we've been doing so. this for like two weeks. You, you've been hounding me, chasing <laughs> yes. me down. I'm having papers in my hand to do to do the to produce my regular daily show. And you're like, we got to do the interview. So I'm glad I'm here. I always love cheap pops and sh shilling for myself. <laughs> well, I, lo I love our friendship, dude. So yes. always welcome to come by and let us know what's up next. Yeah, I love it. Right here on the Alex Garrett Podcasting Network. And indeed, yeah, I couldn't send it better myself. That's Christian Caputo, one leg up with Christian Caputo. We'll be back with you soon on the Alex Garrett Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.